Hi, I am Marissa. I am a teen librarian. And I am Mary. I'm an adult services librarian who also does some teen librarianship. And this is the Book Jam. Uh, we're here to talk about books. What kind of books? Young adult, middle grade, graphic novels, audiobooks, LGBTQIA, and a whole bunch of other genres. So come jam with us. Yay. Let's make some jam, Marissa. <laughs> I'm very excited. So it's been a week and we had our first episode and I'm excited to talk to you about more books. Um, we give each other a hint of the books we're going to do. So we both don't talk about the same book. I think that might happen someday. I'm excited about that. Um, then I would just pick a random book off the, on the fly and that would be even more fun. But yeah, we're going to try and give you some middle grade books. We'll try and give you some like higher reading level books. We'll talk about any triggers. We'll talk about age appropriateness. And hopefully you might hear about something you want to read. I know I do. Actually, Mary has book talked me and I've already read like three books that she's told me to read over the last like year or two. So yay. Oh, know. good for me. I don't even know what I book talked. <laughs> well, I don't want to tell them what it is now. But yeah, I finally read Dark Deep and I finally read um, The Summer of Jordi Perez. I know that's not the full title and like it's the best burger in LA. It's a very complicated. Yes. Yes. It was very it good. It was very good. Yeah. All right. Would you like to start off, Mary? Sure. So I'm going to start off with a middle grade graphic novel that I recently read. Um, I don't have it with me, so I, think, I don't think my details are going to be like as descriptive. I know when I have the book in front of me, I can take some better notes, but this was checked out from my library, but I really wanted to talk about it. Um, so <clears throat> it's called This Was Our Pact by Ryan Andrews. Um, he's the author. I believe he's also the illustrator. And it's probably one of the... So I was like, it is one of the most beautiful books I have read. Um, but it is, actually. It's really cool. So if you're a fan of Studio Ghibli, um, so Spirited Away, Kiki's Delivery Service, um, all that, like you will instantly love the art and the fantasy in this book. Um, so I'm just going to read the publisher's description. It's the night of the annual Autumn Equinox Festival when the town gathers to float paper lanterns down the river. Legend has it that after drifting out of sight, they'll soar off to the Milky Way and turn into brilliant stars. But could that actually be true? This year, Ben and his classmates are determined to find out where those lanterns really go and to ensure success in their mission. They've made a pact with two simple rules. No one turns for home. Nobody looks back. Um, and... As it starts, there's Ben and there's another kid who, what is his name? Nathaniel. Uh, so Nathaniel is the next door neighbor to Ben. And he's like the nerd kid that like nobody wants to hang out with. But as they keep traveling on their bike and they're peddling and peddling and peddling, eventually his friends keep making excuses. They're like, ah, it's taco night, man. I got to go home. And they're like, he's like, but we made a pact. And like the other kid's like, but it's taco night, bro. Like, I can't miss Taco Night. And so at the end, it's just Ben and uh, little dorky Nathaniel. And Nathaniel's like, well, I'm not turning back because we made a promise. And when you make a promise, you can't break it. And so they're like, if we keep going down this road, eventually we'll find out where all the paper lanterns going. Because um, it's like they're in, the, they're in the river. And so they're trying to follow the river. And it's like this great little magical journey. And on their way, they end up getting off the road and they meet a bear. And the bear is trying to find also the end because he, all of the bears in his family, uh, when the equinox happens, um, go out and they fish um, the lanterns. And, they, and they're like, they're just lanterns. You know, uh, it's not fish. And he's like, no, there's fish. There's fish out there. Trust me. And Ben is like, 
the constant skeptic and Nathaniel's just like, okay, I'm in for the adventure. <laughs> and um, so of course Ben's like, there's not any fish. And like the bear's like, there's totally going to be fish. Um, and he has a whole story about like how it's his turn to be the fisher in the family. And like someday his, his bear cubs will be, will be full grown bears and it'll be their turn to fish for the family. And it's just really cute. And, um, you know, eventually they get separated from the bear and, you know, they're like, well, are we ever going to find it? And they get lost. They get even more lost and they get like captured by a witch. Um, and then like other things happen and it's just this delightful, like true middle grade graphic. And then when I say that, because I feel like there's a lot of publishers out that are really pushing middle grade books because they're so hot, particularly the middle grade graphic novel. And a lot of times they're actually intermediate. I don't know if you're running into that too. Yeah, they're they're really young. So you're, it's it's kind of like the whole thing where um, kids like to read above their age, but the content is really like a couple grades below. So if you have a lot of books set in middle school, some, a lot of times it's like really a, a fourth grade or fifth grade issue. They're like, oh, this is this is okay for middle school. Like my actual seventh and eighth graders. Yeah, I encounter that a lot where like, aspirational reading, reading up above your age. I'm like, so when I read a high school senior book, I'm like, this is more like what an eighth graders talking about. I encounter that. So I like that's really refreshing that this book is like that. Yeah. And I also think it's, and I think it's like, it's, it's a little bit on the edge for eighth grade, maybe, but it's definitely a solid seventh grade read. Um, I will say that if you have uh, weeaboos or anime fans, the weebs will love this book because it has a very fantastical, uh, magical realism anime uh, motif with it. So, and those kids all love Spirited Away as it is and Ponyu and all that. So they would they would totally jam to it. Like I have I have freshmen in high school I can give this one to, and I think they would really like it because the art is so great too. And it's one of those graphic novels that's out right now, and we've seen a lot of them uh, where they they kind of pick a color palette and stay with it. Mm. And because this happens at twilight on into nighttime, it's all different shades of blue. Beautiful. Um. So it's really really pretty. Um. And it's, I just, I don't know, it's one of my favorites I've read this year. And also, I like the whole thing where you have the thing with, like, you know, the one kid is the outcast, and, like, you know, the other kid is, like, trying to be cool, and he doesn't want to be friends with them, because then he won't be cool anymore. But they did used to be friends, and it's the whole, you know, it's the very much the middle school friendship problem that we see. It is. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just, I couldn't think of a book this I wouldn't give this to, because it's just, it's very accessible. I love it. No, I actually did read this book already, and I did have the fun of I looked at the cover and I thought I knew where the book was going to go based off the cover because it's again very monochromatic the kids are going off on a bike adventure and then I did not expect it to be like magical fun journey so that was a fun surprise for me so even if you go in thinking you know what's going to happen it like there's so many fun Nathaniel moments and stuff so yeah I actually really love this one um yeah I'm glad you talked about it because I love this book and if you hadn't talked about it eventually I would have <laughs> I would honestly. So, yes. yeah. So, what do you have for us today, Marissa? My first book is also um, middle grade, middle more like middle school, but totally fine. I think to give down a little bit lower. Um, it is called "Oh, The Okay Witch" by Emma Steinkellner. Um, this one is a color graphic novel. I do have a copy here in front of me, but it's a pre 
uh, preview copy. So most of it's in black and white. Um, but I think the actual final work is mostly in color, which is beautiful. Um, and I love it. When I look at where we buy books from, they recommend it for grades. It was actually a little bit split. They recommend it for grades four to six. Um, some reviewers says ages 10 to 14. I saw as low as ages eight. Um, so I think it's one that if the kid was interested, they'd be into it. Nothing is so crazy in there nothing really triggering um but I just loved it I read it in October it was a fun spooky story sometimes I want to bring some spooky into other times of the year um so I would love to tell you about um okay witch which came out in September of 2019 again also good for fans of like Kiki's delivery service um our main character's name is moth hush like moth like a poster butterfly I sound like I have a lisp. Um, so 13-year-old Moss Hush loves all things witchy and spooky. But she's about to discover that witches aren't just the stuff of movies, books, and spooky stories. And when some 8th grade bullies try to ruin her Halloween, something really strange happens when she gets mad. It turns out that Founders Bluff, Massachusetts has a centuries-old history of witch drama. The twist is that Moss's family has been at the center of it all. You see, Moss new powers show up and then things start to get totally out of control because magic is harder than it looks, obviously. Along the way, she meets a talking cat. She falls into an enchanted diary and finds a hidden witchy world. Uh, it's fun because secrets surface from the past as Moth unravels the complicated legacy at the heart of her town and her family. It's a story about um, the weird and wonderful adventures of a witch in progress. That's kind of from the publisher, paraphrased by me. I love this book for a lot of reasons. Um, have you ever seen the cover, Mary? Uh, yes. Cool. It's it's very winter cover that jumps out to any kid that it's is into graphics. I love it. It's a girl like standing one legged on a flying broomstick with a lumpy dark um, cat that also used to be a human side note. Um, and there's like books and papers flying out of her backpack. So it shows me already. It's a relatable character. I'm like same girl. If I was flying on a broomstick, I would have stuff flying out everywhere. I love the artwork. Um, it's just showing, it shows different body types, um, in a casual way. I love that, uh, just the writing is very fun and fresh. It depicts a mixed race main character who's never known her father. And also it's fun because her mother's side of the family is also an utter mystery. So it's kind of like that middle school years, you know, where did you come from? Who are you? You're making yourself who you are, but you also are affected by the past. Um, and they even do include some like racially tinged questions like, oh, where are you from to her? And it's awkward because she's one of the founding families of the town before you Native Americans. But she's like her. She goes back generation, well, generations of hundreds of years in this town. No spoilers. Um, and I even like it. She meets obviously a new uh, friend, like a kid that she's never met before named Charlie. And he has his own problems and mysteries that come along the way. It's a really fun kind of wacky climax um, that will keep you reading and enjoying it all the way through. So this was a really fun read as an ebook. Right now, my library doesn't have it available on our overdrive, but I will be adding it ASAP um, because it's really a fun kind of escapist spooky book that you can read now. Sounds good. All right. All right, Mary, what is your next and final book for you? Uh, so my next book, uh, I've actually tried to pick this up last summer and I was not in the right mind frame to read it. And so I had to put it down. <laughs> I think that was just from uh, book award uh, fatigue of reading so much so fast. Um, so I needed to give my brain like a minute and just play a bunch of like Nintendo Switch and 
and just chill for a minute. <laughs> um, but I picked it back up recently because I was I love um, Claire Legrand. Um, the other book that I really appreciated from her stuff is um, I read Fury Born when it came out, which is part of the Lightbringer trilogy, I believe it's called. Um, or wait, no, Lightbringer, I think it's the third one. What is the trilogy? I cannot remember. I am the worst at this. Um, my apologies. I'm the best worst librarian. Uh, but Furyborn was a really cool, like, uh, older YA, almost new adult uh, fantasy, like really high fantasy with a lot of like time jumps. Um, so I was really curious to see what Sako Girls, her um, book that came out last summer, was it, or last spring actually, um, was going to be like. Uh, because it's completely different because it's it's um it still has like a, a paranormal aspect to it mm -hmm. but it's more everyday new england um on sock hill rock which is kind of like a nantucket you know think any new england cape island kind of place um it was one of yalsa's 2019 best fictions for young adults it was a bram stroker and lambda literary award nominee those are two different awards um it's it's really freaking good. So I'm just going to read the description real quick. Who are the Sako girls? Marion the newbie, awkward and plain, steady and dependable. Weighed down by tragedy and hungry for love she's sure she'll never find. Zoe the pariah, luckless and lonely, hurting but hiding it, aching with grief and dreaming of vanished girls. Maybe she's broken or maybe everybody else is. Val the queen bee, gorgeous and privileged, ruthless and regal. Words like silk and eyes like knives, a heart made of secrets and a mouthful of lies. Their stories come together on the island of Sock Hill Rock, where gleaming horses graze in rolling pastures and cold waves crash against black cliffs, where kids whisper the legend of an insidious monster at parties and around campfires, um, where girls have been disappearing for decades, stolen away by a ravenous evil no one has dared to fight until now. So my tagline for this is this is Stranger Things meets When We Were Liars meets Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes, yes, and yes. Yes. So have you read this one? Yes, I have. I listened to it on audio and it was fabulous. Cool. Yeah. So if you like books that kind of have a slow, dark creep to them and you like to read them at like nighttime, mm -hmm. this is a very good book for you. Um, it has shifting perspectives, which I think is what kind of keeps it going. Uh, the first chapter, I will admit, didn't grab me. So when I was sat down to read it again, I was like, okay, how is this going to go? Because um, the first chapter is Marion Althouse. Mm -hmm. And you get her story really quickly. She's the younger sister and kind of the rock of her family. Their father has just died in a pretty violent car crash. The mom uh, possibly has a pill problem. <laughs> like, she kind of... She, she hints at it off and on. Um, and then she has an older sister, Charlotte, who's kind of like, uh, like sun-kissed and beautiful and very easily trusting of other people. Uh, so you can see where that's going. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, it switches perspective to Zoe Harlow. Uh, and Zoe is the daughter of the police chief Harlow. And she's really is, like when I say she's an outsider, she really is. Um, you know, this is very much a New England waspy community. Um, the main industry on this island is tourism and um, the uh, Mortimer horse farm. Um, so like everybody's horse crazy. Um, and Zoe doesn't really fit into that. She is an African-American kid who likes to shop at thrift stores and like rework thrift store clothes to make them like cool and edgy. She's got like orange streaks in her Afro. Um, and she's also just done with Sock Hill Rock. Her best friend Thora disappeared last year 
and nobody knows what happened to her and everybody's just stopped talking about it and moved on with their lives, except she hasn't. And then the other side of it is always uh, Zoe's character. She's also ace. So she's best friends with her ex-boyfriend, Grayson, who's still like over the moon for her. Um, and she realized after they had sex that like, she, this is something she could like leave or take in her life. And so part of it is like, am I broken? Am I not broken? Like, what is it? And so you have a character who's struggling to come to terms with their um, ace identity. Um, so, and she's also just like a badass. Like she's, she has a baseball bat and she's not afraid to use it. Um, Literally. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, but I also loved her boyfriend, Grayson, because Grayson's like this tall nerdy kid with glasses who, when he's stressed out, he bakes and cleans at the same time. Um, and he's just like a super good, like side character that's supportive, which is nice. Um, and then Val is the it girl. She's the queen bee. She's the last of the Mortimer line. And her family is locked in a deal literally with a devil. So, and it's not like the devil as in Satan. But, and this isn't a spoiler because they, they, she talks about it very early on in her perspective um, that her family has been kidnapping girls um, and feeding them to this dark present that lives in the woods um, in a fairy circle. And the... If the being is like tied to her her family and also like the, the, she has like this weird like full maternal line like there's no husbands or fathers ever like she doesn't even know who her father was um it's and that's because of of the control that this like dark presence like has on them um so of course like the whole setup is the older sister goes missing. Um, and then, but what's weird about it is like, or not weird, but what's great about it is the book goes in places you don't think it would be because like Marion is so incredibly lonely, but Val is also really lonely. And so those two characters end up being much more than you initially think they're going to be as the readers. And they're kind of drawn to each other too. Um, so there is an LGBT storyline within that. Um, well, LGBTQIA, because we also have uh, our ace character. Yeah. Um, and so I don't want to like go too much into the plot because that will really ruin it. Um, but it's it's very good. And like, you know, it's Claire Grand does not write like 350 page novels. They're yeah. always like at least 450 plus. Um, so like when you look at it, you're just like, there's no way I would read that in three days. You will read it in like two or three days because it sucks you right in. Um, and the way she writes about loneliness and longing is like so relatable. And so for like teens that really want that like long, languishing, angsty read mm -hmm. that also has a weird supernatural bent to it, um, this is a book for you or adults that want that because it's, 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 it's a very, very, very well done book, I think. I agree with you. Um, when after, after I read it, I would say, it's, it has a dark, slow, ominous feel, just like you described. And I will say, for to describe the book, if I had to do it in one word, I'd be like, it's unexpected. Because it didn't go where I thought it would go. Um, but I enjoyed the journey along the way, even though it, it does have those dark moments that you're like, don't open the door. Don't go down in that basement. Don't go do this thing. But of course, we're on the journey with them of you're going to do the thing. Uh, it's not much of a fun, scary movie if we don't go down the basement. Um, yeah. And yeah. we also have like so much more information than the characters do. Yeah. So like you have those moments, like when you read it, I'm sure we're just like, if you just talk to each other, maybe <laughs> you would figure this out together. <laughs> yeah. And this book would end in half the story, but that's not the point of it. The point is the fun. And then, yeah, it's a fun thing. So if you want to listen 
yeah, I, again, I listened to it. I thought the audiobook was a good. I thought the voice um, demarcation was good and how they did it and showing growth and, and characters showing emotion in their voice, um, which I really enjoyed. So, yay, full two thumbs up. Yeah, I mean, it definitely has you rooting for characters you didn't think that you would root, root for because, like, you're she, the way the grand writes Valerie Mortimer, like, you instantly hate her. Mm-hmm. Like, you totally instantly hate her. But then, like, you ended up, like, really like pulling for her at the end which you're like you're just like how how did we get here how did how did you how did we do this it's like we've been watching a lot of Battlestar Galactica which is great to watch during a pandemic because it um because it's such an uplifting show not really <laughs> but I was thinking about like I was as I was reading this and I was like starting to watch it like you know they have Gaius Baltar is like the main character who's never really good and he's never really bad um and you, I mean, he does a lot of horrible things, but at the same time, like, you love to hate him and you hate to love him. And that's a lot of how I felt about Val. I'm just like, oh, I hate you. Oh, I love you. Why do you do these things? Because you make me hate you. But I love him in spite of it. So that's the kind of good book. It makes you feel things. Because sometimes you just, if it's too easy, too expected, you're like, whatever, I don't care. But it's those complex characters that linger with you. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your next read? My next and last read for today um, kind of touches on if you are a fan of Claire Legrand and her Furyborn series, um, then this one might be for you. This is one that's not a new book. It's actually kind of an older book, but it's one that I've loved for forever. And I think um, it came out like a House of Fire when it first came out. And I think it's like a slow burn series that most teens wouldn't know. It is, I'd recommend it for ages 14 plus due to um, violence, some adult themes, and some subtle seductions. Yes, it's it's a romance, but it's a lot of genres. Um, it's like kind of check almost all the boxes. It's historical. It's a romance. I'd say there's fantasy elements because there's gods and powers. Um, there's assassins. It's adventure. Um, and I love it so much. It is Grave Mercy by Robin Lefevers. It is book one of three for his fair assassins. Um and I loved it. I actually was lucky enough to get an advanced reader copy of the book before it came out. I think when I still worked at Barnes and Noble um, and I took it on my honeymoon on a beach. So like you said, read a Hill girls in the dark at night. I think this would be great to read at night in the dark. I was reading on a beach and I was here for it. I was like, no, 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 I got to read. I got to do this. I even got hooked <laughs> in. <laughs> I was like, I have to. Um, I even got hooked in right on the very front of the cover. They've done cover redesigns over the years. Um, why be the sheep when you can be the wolf? I love that. It's kind of already sets a tone. Um, so Grave Mercy is a lot of things. Um, I'll read you the summary from the book publishers. Um, that kind of glasses over things, but it's fun because you don't want to know too much. So escaping from the brutality of an arranged marriage, 17-year-old Ismay finds sanctuary at the convent of St. Mortain. Here she learns that the god of death himself has blessed blessed her with dangerous gifts, has blessed her with dangerous gifts and a, a violent destiny. If she chooses to stay at the convent, she'll be trained as an assassin and serve as a handmaiden to death. To claim her new life, she must be willing to take the lives of others. Ismay's most important assignment takes her straight into the high court of Brittany, where she finds herself woefully underprepared for how can she deliver death vengeance upon a target who, against her will, has stolen her heart. I love this so much. Um, I don't think remember there being really any kind of LGBTQ love stories in it. Um, it's pretty straight. Um, but I do love there is an antagonist, um, sympathetic character that Ismay has to become a spy. That's her assignment. Uh, in the court 
and she has to work with um, this character of uh, Duval. She has to pretend to be his mistress, um, but she has permission to kill him if he gets in the way of her mission. So they do not want to work together. So that's whole kind of tension and against each other. Uh, slow burn romance. And when I say slow, I mean super slow. There's a really funny phrasing that they were trained in the wily womanly arts. It's like, okay, that's part of what they did. It's a positive uh, love interest in the sense of he's very respectful of her as a person. He respects her boundaries. He respects um, her as she is. She's not, he doesn't see her as a broken person, possibly triggering things that there she has an abusive past where her father um, has abused her and some other people have abused her along the way because she is physically marked. She is sired by death, the old God, not by her actual physical mortal plain father is that her mom tried to, she found out she was pregnant and she tried to, you know, get rid of the baby. So she took this poison. So when Ismay was born, she has this huge red scar marking um, all the way from her shoulder to her back and it's physically marked her. She's gotten beaten, but that's part of her proof of life is that she's immune to poison. That's part of her gift. So seeing what other people might see as a negative, she eventually has to find strength in and find herself, find her voice. She finds herself value in her worth, um, which I loved. Um, this is a very dark novel for fans of fairy tale conventions. If you like castles, high courts, good versus evil, you want poisons and potions. This is amazing. And I super love it. <laughs> It's just a really fun trilogy. And then to keep it more in the modern sense is that it has books one, two, and three. Um, Grave Mercy, Dark Triumph, Mortal Heart, and then the Robin Lefevers has a new series, a duology, that is a companion sequel. So you could call it book four or call it the sort of its own duology called um, Courting Darkness with new characters picking up at the convent. And there will be um, a sequel coming out sometime in the next six months. So if you want a series where you have a lot of content you can bust through right now, this would be super awesome. So a lot of times this is like a, you could take it on. If you like it, you have a lot to dig into versus like, I love standalones, but sometimes with a graphic novel or something, I'm like, well, I want more. I want to revisit this world more. And you get sucked right in to her writing style from the very beginning, um, just in her detail, just in the quick action, slow play. It just, it just grabs me and I love it. And I know we have a shared librarian friend that obsesses over this series. Um, she would she would give me five thumbs up if she was here and knew that I was talking about Grave Mercy and we've uh, bonded over it. Yeah, is it possibly my coworker? Uh, no, it is your co reading committee friend. Oh, okay, yeah. So I think I'm pretty sure one of my coworkers uh, has book talked this before around me because um, like she describes it as assassin nuns. Yes. Sorry, that was really yeah. loud, but yes. Yeah, because whenever we've done book displays of like uh, one of our favorite book just well one of my favorite book displays to do is um, just like why should I read this book and it's post-it notes that have like a tagline of like what this book is about but doesn't really tell you what it's about so like that one's always like on there with like assassin nuns <laughs> and every, every time I look at it I'm like I need to read this series and Jen is like you need to read this series and I'm like okay I just haven't got around to it you will maybe eventually. It's a really fun read and you have time to read it. So it's definitely worth it to to try it out and, and do a series. So those are my two books as I talked about the OK Witch, the kind of middle grade graphic novel. And then I talked about the sci-fi romance. Well, it's not only sci-fi. It's more fantasy, historical fiction, action adventure. I mean, come on. Brave Mercy is assassin nuns. Like two words. <laughs> You're sold. Like, right? Come on. Yeah. I think so. Cool. And then what were, yes, and Mary, and then your two books again were? 
Uh, this was our pact, which is if you're a Studio Ghibli fan, I think this would be a pretty easy read for you. Even if you're not a Studio Ghibli fan, like it's just like a really nice, comforting read in a time in which we're, we have a lot of uncertainty. So that's kind of how I look at that. And then my second one was Sacco Girls by Claire Legrand, uh, which is more of like a supernatural, paranormal realistic fiction-esque i like there's a lot of it has a lot of things going on uh it is very much stranger things meets when we are liars meets buffy the vampire slayer Um, and that is for the older team because there are some mature situations it happens in life so again don't feel bad if you're an adult if you want to read these teen books we are adults that love to read teen books don't be ashamed be proud yeah we're gonna try and get them on our overdrives we're gonna try and get them available but we really just want anybody, everybody to read these great books that we are talking about. Yay! Yay! If people have questions, you can ask us questions or ask us for uh, reading advice as far as picks that we think would be good for you. Just let us know. Um, you can ask those on our Twitter. What's our Twitter again, Marissa? Our Twitter is the book jam with the number one. So tweet us at the book jam one and we would love to yeah answer your questions, give you suggestions, or if you have that really tricky teen or kid or nephew or cousin that you gotta buy a book for or find that book, uh, we would love to give you too many choices. Thank you for tuning in and we'll be back next time. Thank you so much. Bye guys. You just got jammed. <laughs>